I had honestly resigned to the fact that I was going to die. I just didn't see a way out. I had tried everything and I'm so miserable and I'm in so much pain. Now, I would say I never really realized how much I wanted to live until I was going to die. Welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for raising your health IQ with us in more than 130 countries around the world and healthy cities coast to coast in the U.S. Topeka, Kansas, Presque Isle, Pennsylvania, and Bakersfield, California. We appreciate you helping to make the world a healthier place. This is episode 8 of season 5, number 307 overall. My guest today is one of the more remarkable health turnarounds you will ever hear. And my hope is that if you are struggling, that Mary Montaquin's story will bring you some comfort and inspiration. Check this out. Mary was legally blind. She was legally blind. She had lost her vision and was also losing a 30-year battle with her health. The situation with Mary, it was going from bad to worse. We're talking about diabetes. She had that, migraines, hot flashes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, you name it. And on top of all of that, she was also struggling with her weight. She was struggling with a fast food diet. There were more trips to the drive-thru than she could count. And at one point, Mary had grown so out of shape that walking the dog meant she couldn't even leave the yard. She was confined to her own property because she just did not have the cardio to go any further than that. She was convinced that death was right around the corner. You heard her admit that at the beginning of the show. She admitted that she had resigned herself to die. But the thing about Mary... And why I love this conversation so much is that she withdrew that resignation. She said, nope, I am not going out like that. And thus began a remarkable pilgrimage away from fast food and toward a new life. After 30 years of struggling, Mary finally regained her health and she did it in just three months. Now she's lost 60 pounds, she's walking two and a half miles without a single problem. But what's more than that, this legally blind mother is back behind the wheel because her vision came back as she got her A1C under control. She flat out kicked diabetes to the curb, talking total reversal. And that is just the start. Now, as a guy who has lost 280 pounds, I am in awe of everything that she has been able to do. And I am so grateful that she is here today to tell us about her triumph. She is going to inspire so many people today and show that all hope is never lost. Even when you feel like you've already given up on yourself, you can still make the impossible possible. Mary, thank you so very much for being here. Thank you. Let's start by talking about everything that was wrong with you. I mean, let's just get the bad out of the way first. Okay. So uh, you had diabetes, correct? Yes. 
And because of the diabetes, you were legally blind. Correct. You are overweight, high cholesterol, high blood pressure. Basically, you name it, you had it. That is correct. Oh, man. Okay. So before we get to all the good stuff, um, let's talk about how it is that, Mary, you got to that position. For me, I remember just kind of graduating more and more and more toward that unhealthy diet as I grew older, started as a kid and just continued well into adulthood. Was it kind of the same thing for you? Yeah, it really was, Chuck. I think um, I was thin and, and um, all kinds of fun stuff that I wanted to be when I was in my teens uh, in high school. Uh, but then slowly, I, I guess the first place that it started was um, when I had my first child. I gained a lot of weight thinking that I could do that. I was one of those people that thought I you know, wasn't like anybody else. So um, that's not true. And I gained uh, quite a bit of weight, I think about 80 pounds. And um, then just I lost a, a bit of it, but then just continued gradually over, you know, 10 pounds a year, kind of just kept going up and up. Yeah, isn't that funny? 10 pounds a year. You think of over the course of a year, that's really nothing. But then when you think about, well, two years, well, that's 20, three years, that's 30. And before you know it, you've dug yourself quite quite the heck of a health hole. Um, but so you, you get to that. But when did you notice that it wasn't just the weight that was becoming an issue? When did you notice that it was actually starting to impact your health? I would say um, about seven or so years ago, I realized things like my back was bothering me, my knees and my joints were bothering me. Um, I wasn't able and also there's a lot of emotional things that go along with that. I, um, I've always been an outgoing person, very verbal. But I realized that I didn't really want to be seen, even though I was the largest person in a room. So that's kind of hard to do. Um, and those things were bothering me. Um, yeah, just uh, I had a hard time walking. Um, everything was just kind of painful. Everything, emotionally, physically, everything. Mm. Yeah, I remember those days. My goodness. Um, and when you're living that kind of life, to think that you'd be sitting here today, um, feeling as well as you do, um, knowing that you you've gone through all of these big changes, like it just seems like it's an impossible feat, but it's not. And that's why I'm so excited to have you here on the show today. Um, let's talk about uh, diabetes here for a second. Here, um, at your absolute uh, worst, what was your A1C? Uh, Twelve point seven. Twelve point seven, and you also, because of diabetes, had started to lose your vision as well. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah, it seems like it happened overnight, but I don't think so. I would, um, I would have trouble like on and off for uh, about a year or so, where I would feel like I my eyesight was good. Um, I do have reading glasses, um, but. Um, I didn't have any glasses for anything other than that, but it would seem like things were really fuzzy and then it would go away. So I would go and make an appointment with an eye doctor and say, Hey, my, my sight just kind of comes on and off like this. Is that weird or different? Uh, and, uh, they didn't really have much of an answer for that. They just wanted to say, come in and maybe we can catch you when that was happening. But that, that never happened. Just kind of like when your TV goes out and then you have somebody come in the room and it clears up, I would go in to see the doctor and 
it was fine or so it's to say fine. But then after a bit of time, uh, it just continued to get worse and worse and fuzzier and things I couldn't really see well at all. Um, and uh, then right towards uh, my diagnosis, which was on May 18th of last year, 2021, uh, I couldn't see, I couldn't like see the, you know, the stop sign. I wasn't driving, um, things like that. And I had not attributed that to, to um, diabetes at all because I really didn't know much about it. That must have been kind of terrifying um, for you, you know, to be losing your vision like that. When did when did you make the decision? Like, it's really not a good idea for me to be driving anymore. Yeah, um, actually, I know it sounds crazy, but really, like, there was a week before my diagnosis with diabetes that everything just went downhill. Um, it was it was kind of crazy. Um, my sight. Um, and then I had these recurring, um, yeast infections, which would not come, they come back over and over and over again, which now I know is because I just literally was my own bread factory. I think I just had so much, um, sugar in my body that needed to come out. It was just insane. Yeah. So there was just a lot of things that were happening. And then I went in to see a doctor for my eyes. Um, and my eyesight was bad like that. And they didn't, they didn't have an answer for that, which uh, was scary to me because I rely on doctors and, and their answers. And uh, they didn't seem to know what to do with me. And uh, that was the day that I was diagnosed with diabetes. So things turned around when I went to the right doctors after that. So you've got the vision issue. Um, you were also suffering from migraines at the time as yes. well, correct? I have um, had debilitating migraines for uh, years and years. I do have a cyst on the right side of my brain, and I've had eight brain surgeries um, for that because it's kind of semi-inoperable. They're able to take the contents of the cyst out when um, it becomes very uh, debilitating for me, the, the migraines. I have seizures when that happens, um, but they're not able able to take the entire cyst wall out. And because of that, it just kind of fills back up. Um, and then I was attributing those migraines to the existence of the cyst and all of the surgeries. But uh, when I uh, started this, this way of eating those migraines, um, I, I haven't had one. Um, I have little headaches here and there, but I haven't had one. So are you able to monitor the growth of the cyst? Do you go in for regular scans? Once a year, I'll have uh, an MRI, and I'm actually going in for another one in about six weeks. So we'll see how uh, how that goes, but I will be able to see the size. Yeah, I'll be very curious to see the results there. Um, but yeah. I'm glad uh, right now you're certainly symptom free. Um, yes. So I mean, that's got to be just a relief in itself after so many years, right? Yes, so many years of that. And that's very painful trying to just go through your life having pain and, and trying to go through everything acting like everything's okay. No question about it. Now, here's one that I think all the women right now who are watching can relate to. The trailer um, that my colleagues here at the Physicians Committee put up featuring a little bit of your story, you were talking about how you don't need to stick your head in the freezer anymore because you're no longer having hot flashes. I mean, yeah. were these things just like 
wrecking your day they were too. Horrible, yeah, they were just horrible. And um, I would. We moved here from Florida. I'm in the D.C. area now, so I remember. Actually, this is the first winter so far, and our, our weather's been kind of crazy. Um, that I would not just find a way to go outside and stand in the cold air and then start feeling better with these hot flashes. And I don't have that anymore. None of that anymore. Okay. Boy, your, your, your life has just taken a turn for the better. Um, so we've talked about all of these symptoms, but let's talk about something that is really near and dear to my heart. Every time I talk about weight loss, I talk about how just difficult it was to move. And for anybody who is in the position you were in, the position that I was in, they can certainly relate to this as well barely being able to walk just but a few feet without really starting to lose your breath and not feeling very well at all. You were in that position too, right? Very much so. Um, I have a house that has a basement and it's a finished basement. And so I go up and down those stairs and I was to the point where actually my husband and I were talking just a few days ago um, about all these changes. And he said that he had kind of resigned to the fact that he thought there was going to be a time when we would have to kind of close off that downstairs and have everything upstairs because I was not able to go downstairs. Um, so the the top of our house is where you know the bedroom is and the kitchen and things like that and i would you know wake up and walk to the table in the dining room and pretty much just stay there and then and that was the amount of walking i could do we have a dog and um, when it was my turn to be home alone with him uh, i wouldn't walk off our property with him uh, and now that has changed as well and i walk um two and a half miles a day um, with him or just walking and with no problems at all. None. Oh, that's, that's the coolest for me. It was something similar where it was like, I could barely walk across the street, but that's what I would do. And then I found out that I could walk around the block and then two blocks and then three, and then eventually got all the way up to five miles. And, and I do hope that you, you can hit the five mile mark as well. I have no doubt the, the way you're going um, that you'll, you'll be there in no time as well. Yeah. But you know, gradually building up to two and a half miles. What has that done for your confidence? Oh, I'm just, I can't tell you, you know, and I don't want to bring myself to tears, but it's amazing the difference of being able to go from not being able to do something that I think a lot of people just take for granted, like walking to being able to do that. And I did take time, like I would walk one extra house and then back and then continue to do that over and over until I got to where I am now. And um, it's just, it's amazing. It's so limiting. I have two children, they're grown now, but I, I missed because of this 30 years, so much time when I could have been out playing with them or doing things that I wanted to do. Uh, simply because of lack of movement, because of the ability of something that I, I did, you know, I chose to do for many reasons. Um, it's just, uh, it's insane. It's incredible. And I also love to, I look forward to walking outside in the morning and I love to see the sun rise and the sunset and I'm outside now when that happens walking, it's just great. You say, you know, you feel like you missed out on some things with your kids, but mm -hmm. have you thought now about everything that you've gained in the future, whether if, if grandchildren come into your life? 
that, yeah, I'm so happy. There's no grandchildren yet, but I'm definitely waiting for that to happen. And um, I am so excited. I no longer look, I no longer get to the point where really last year I kind of had resigned to the fact that this was my life and that I was going to just die from one of these things, these diseases like obesity or um, a heart attack or something like that. I'm really giving up and I had a lack of hope. And now I don't feel that way anymore. I look forward to the fact that we're going to take vacations and I'm going to be able to walk on the beach and all these great, wonderful things. May 18th, 2021. Yes. Was that your rock bottom? That was the day that you received the diagnosis that you had diabetes. Absolutely. Um, I remember that day and I'll never forget. It's kind of like an anniversary. I'll always kind of celebrate that now. Um, and even though it was a terrifying moment when I learned about diabetes, um, it's kind of like a blessing uh, because it just turned everything around for me. And I think it takes something for everybody has their own bottom or their own like kind of like switch to go off to make changes. And that was mine. Um, I was told on that day that I got a phone call from the doctor. Actually, I have to back up a little bit. I, um, was having these symptoms. Um, I was super thirsty and um, I had this eyesight thing going on and I had, I just felt like I was falling apart and it was during COVID. So um, I wasn't able to go in to see the doctor. I would do things over Zoom and they would send me these prescriptions for that yeast infection and go away and then would come back. So I played doctor like many people do on Google and I kind of just put all those symptoms in and it came up with diabetes being something I might have. Um, I called my doctor and said, Hey, can I have this test to see, just rule it out? Cause I really didn't think it was something I would have. Uh, and uh, she at the time said, yeah, go ahead, come in. It was May 18th that I had that done. I promptly went out and stopped at Wendy's and had a double cheeseburger with French fries and uh, Dr. Pepper went home and took a nap. And when I woke up, I had a message on my phone that I did indeed have diabetes, that my A1C was 12.7, which didn't mean anything to me at the time. Uh, but then when I looked that up, apparently it's like at the top of the charts. Um, so the doctor also prescribed several medications and said, go pick these up. You know, we'll talk as soon as we can. And immediately I thought, no, I'm not going to have another thing wrong with me along with this um, cyst that I have. I'm not going to be the person with two chronic illnesses that I have to deal with. Uh, and I brought it on. I ate myself into this. I'm going to eat myself out of it. And I contacted the Barnard Institute because I had known about this life-saving way of living. And I uh, immediately got an appointment with Dr. Rahman and you know, made the change a hundred percent right overnight and it saved my life. I got to go back to that trip to Wendy's <laughs> though. Uh, that so reminds me of the day when I was, I was in high school and like 14 years old at the time and was put on beta blockers because my blood pressure was through the roof and being so upset by it that rather than go right to the pharmacy to pick up the pills, I instead also went to the drive-thru. I think it was Burger King this time. And I loaded up on the very thing that took me to the doctors in the first place. But for you coming back from the doctors, did you kind of get the sense that that would be your final meal or were you just like kind of distraught? Like I'm in a medical pickle. I need something to comfort me. So I'm going to go over to Wendy's. 
Oh, actually, the Wendy's happened before I knew I had the diabetes. <laughs> right, so right. actually, that was because I think, uh, you know, I'm addicted to food and that has not changed. It's just been that I've changed what I put in my body now. Um, and at the time, it was kind of a particularly stressful day. And yes, I had had that um, that blood test. But honestly, I was just I didn't think there was any way that I was going to have diabetes. Um, but it was just a stressful day in all. And I thought this is how I'm going to soothe myself. It's the way I always soothe myself. And that's why I had that I just remember what I ate. Because that was the last time I, I ever did it. You know, you did something that is very hard to do. And I would say very rare. And that is make this transition cold tofu, uh, as the vegans <laughs> like to say. Um, and so you had no idea at the time that that meal at Wendy's would be your final fast food meal. How did you deal with getting over that hurdle? Because as a food addict, I know that even to this day, I'll still get cravings for some of those unhealthy foods. How have you been able to manage those? I have realized that, uh, the food is always going to be some, my relationship with food is really important. It's as important as any relationship that I have with any person um, or with my faith or um, with other relationships that I have. And there's highs and there's lows and some relationships are good. And sometimes a relationship can be toxic and sometimes you can uh, salvage that relationship and you can fix it or other times you got to just ditch it. So I think that with this particular relationship I have with food, it, food still suits me and it's something I do to celebrate with um, we just went through the holidays and this is the first time that I did everything a hundred percent vegan or whole foods uh, and but it's a challenge it's a it was um, and is still because this is a journey I'm on uh, forever uh, to learn how to find certain foods that still hit the right spot for me, um, crunchy foods or soothing foods and all those kinds of things. What I really love about this lifestyle is that I've been able to, when I put the work into finding all those different aspects of food, using the parameters that are in the whole food plant-based um, lifestyle. And I really don't miss anything. I, it was a learning experience. I did have to overcome some things. I have some family members that are kind of like junk food vegans. And I don't mean to say that in a condescending way, but I found I, that I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to eat all this store-bought tofuki and all that other stuff. Uh, but I don't, you know, I eat the whole foods. And I found that honestly, um, there's no aspect that I can't soothe myself with or celebrate with, make a really nice birthday cake, uh, go through Thanksgiving and make all the things that I like. Uh, it's just really have not been that hard when I allowed myself to have the ability to, to learn. It's just a learning curve. Oh yeah. And the thing about the plant-based diet is it can help a lot of things, but life is an emotional roller coaster and you're going to have those ups. You're going to have those downs no matter what it is that you're eating, but you're still celebrating. Um, you're still comforting with food. So instead of going to that drive through or whatever it was that you used to turn to, what are some of your healthier go-tos now when you're having a day? I'm having a day. I love um, 
my junk food thing would be a can of beans. I love beans, love them. And um, I always have in my house um, ready to go, which I think is one of the biggest parts. I'm just never allow myself to get hungry. Um, I have like a little salad bar type thing set up where uh, there's just lots of containers with cut up vegetables and fruits and things that would go on um, salads. And um, well, I have black beans and I have like a salsa mix with corn and black beans. And I use that all the time. It's available here. I can have it hot or cold. Um, I also, when I want a dessert, I make nice cream, you know, which is bananas and some fruit with a little cocoa powder frozen. Always have little containers of that. Um, I never leave the house without having cut up fruits or vegetables to go with me if I'm going grocery shopping. Uh, it's just a matter of planning and pre-planning and uh, putting myself first and knowing that that's what's most important. Can we just take a second to just acknowledge the fact that you said, well, my junk food now is a can of beans. Wow. What a turnaround that is. <laughs> yeah. That is, isn't that wild? Absolutely. Oh my god. <laughs> really gosh. is I, wild. Really is true. And but I'm I'm serious. It sounds crazy, but it's true. Uh, oh, I I get it. I get it. But you know, if you're talking to, you know, Mary from May 17th, 2021, and somebody told you, hey, flash forward to January <laughs> and your junk food will be beans, how do you think May 17th, Mary, would react to that statement? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. That would have been ridiculous. And I would have rolled my eyes and thought, yeah, this person's a little off and I can never be that way. It's too extreme, all those things. And I'm not. Uh, the person I am is not any different from May 17th to now. I mean, I still have all those desires and needs for those types of foods and all of that stuff. It's just a mindset that I've allowed myself. Also, I've allowed myself to uh, make mistakes. You know, someone in one of the classes I took mentioned that I have to allow myself to, when I'm learning how to cook, um, maybe keep one good food out of three and the other two just toss in the trash. And that's a hard thing because, you know, you're told never to waste food. But that's been kind of a thing I've learned to do. This is something I have to learn for the rest of my life. And I'm really kind to myself about if something comes out bad or I don't want it. Um, that's just so important. What is your opinion of the clean plate club where if it's on your plate, it has to be eaten? Yeah, no, absolutely not. And I have children that, you know, I used to think that was true. So that's been a big switch around. And I have family members, we live near a lot of our family um, that have opposing thoughts about that. And they're like, we're going to waste food. And I'm like, no, you know, I think I heard somewhere about trash in trash out. So it's, if, if I'm not happy, or satisfied, or uh, it's not something that I know is going to be um, ad advantageous to my body, I'm just not eating it. I, and nobody else should be eating it anyway. So I got you. You, you mentioned family a lot. Uh, you said some of them are, are eating a, um, not a whole food plant-based diet, but a plant-based diet nonetheless. Um, overall, though, I would imagine given your success, they've probably been pretty supportive of everything. Yeah, I do have a lot of support, it's, um, which I'm so grateful for, because both sides, my husband's and my own side, um, uh, we have any, every range from, you know, vegan to like, like completely, you know, meat eating 
people that don't understand any of this at all. And I've noticed, and also on my husband's side, um, are a lot of, a lot of the adults more than not are suffering from diabetes and these other chronic diseases. So I see a slow change where at least they're watching what we're doing in my family. And I think it's helping them. And they also are supportive as well. Have they started to ask you some questions a little bit? That's when you know that they're really paying attention and you've piqued their interest. Absolutely. And we hosted Thanksgiving this year. And so there was a whole section of plant-based foods that was the same as the same types of foods as um, the non whole foods foods. And um, there was a crossover at one point. So now during Christmas time, I was asked to make the mashed potatoes that I made and the stuffing that I made. So they're starting to come around and I'm really happy about that. So they asked you to make this, which means that you know they tasted good because if they did not, they would have never in a million years even floated that idea. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's cool. Um, I, I gotta go back to your own transformation. I want to go back to your vision. Let's bounce around a little bit. I want to go back to your vision. Um, how long after you began eating cleanly again, um, did it take for you to regain your eyesight? Okay, six weeks. And I know that's nuts. And a lot of people might not believe it. But it was absolutely six weeks, I went to my um, a new doctor for my eyes. uh, And they wanted to um, somehow, for some reason, a lot of doctors ask about, you know, if you say you're diabetic, like what medications you're on, things like that. And I would always give the same kind of expression from these doctors that don't know about this way of eating. And I'd say, no, no medicine. I'm not taking anything. I'm just eating. Um, and when I did that, um, they said, but, but my biggest thing, I'm kind of stuttering around what I'm saying, when I was with the doctor, with the eye doctor, I said, am I going to be like this forever? I mean, I really felt like, uh, you know, my two questions for every doctor I went to, my kidney specialist, everything was, am I going to die? And if I do this for a few months, because that's everything I read, can I turn this around? So with the eye doctor, uh, I was the same way. I'm like, look, can it, have I forever damaged my eyes? And they're like, well, you know, we really don't know. Uh, and we don't know really anything about this whole food thing. So <laughs> we're just going to have to wait and see. So I had three different um, levels of prescription to wear for my site, for distance, for midway, and for my um, short-term site at that time, just to try and get through reading all these um, food um, things that I was going into the grocery store with the labels and things like that, because at the same time, I'm trying to change my life around. Uh, And then uh, six weeks, like almost to the day, I remember trying to switch my my glasses around because I'm looking at labels or attempting to, and then looking at a chart of uh, things about how to eat. And none of them were helping. I couldn't see and no matter what. So my first thought was, oh my gosh, you know, um, my eyes are worse. But then I realized that in changing one prescription to the other of the glasses, I could see with nothing on. And it was that moment that I thought, oh my God, I can see. I told my husband, oh my gosh, I can see. Everything's going to be better. I'm good. This is insane. It's only been six weeks. That's crazy. And how how fitting is it that you realize that as you were switching your, your pairs of glasses, it's like, can't see with them on. Let me Let me get this other pair. But wait a minute. <laughs> I, I mean, just what a what a feeling that must have been. 
Absolutely. It really was. And it was absolutely terrifying. I don't think uh, I even um, have a process of how bad my eyesight was because I was trying to deal with so many things, you know, with the diabetes and how to eat and all these things. So my eyesight was as crazy as it sounds, not at the forefront of my mind all the time. But I know that like the around the 16th, 17th, I'm sorry that no, around, yeah, about that time, I could not see my my children and my husband's face. The only thing I could see was like around their eyes, like darker spots where their eyes would be. It was that bad. And then I went from that to being able to, you know, read the small fine print that I need to read to make sure what I'm eating, if it's processed, is not a horrible thing. And in six weeks. That's incredible. How long did it take for you to get back behind the wheel? Yeah, about six and a half weeks. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. were, were you nervous to get back in the driver's seat? I I'm not, I was not because I have this pre-existing thing about my cyst. And when I have surgery or I have a seizure, I have to go like a year before I can drive. So I'm kind of used to being able to not drive and then drive. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was similar to that. But I, I knew I was good. I mean, I would never take a chance like that. And as we're kind of wrapping things up here, I also want to ask you going back to your walking and being able to leave the property and getting up to two and a half miles. But do you remember how you felt that day that you were able to complete your first mile? What were the emotions you felt that day? Similar to turning 16 and being able to drive off my property <laughs> with nobody else in the car honestly it was just such a freeing feeling it was I, I there's some things I just don't have words for um it's just I kind of like with that driving experience when you're 16 it's like you just see things in the rearview mirror and you know they are always going to be in the rearview mirror and all you have is what you see in front of you that sense of independence again and Absolutely. you and I think that it, because you're a little, little older than 16 at that point, maybe you can appreciate it that much more because as the saying goes, you don't know what you have until it's gone. And at that point you had lost a lot of that independence. So to regain yeah. that, I mean, I can see why you would say it feels like I'm 16 again, you know, and, and the <laughs> yeah. world is, is once again, uh, my plant-based oyster. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then um, two, two more, what, what advice, what tips, would you have for somebody who's in the position that you were in and feels hopeless, like they could never succeed, they could never do what it is that you do, and maybe they're close to rock bottom as well? What what advice can you offer that person? Uh, I think I would tell them, uh, please just have some faith in yourself and know that I, there's nothing special about me. I, I'm just a person that had this and made a choice to try this way of taking care of myself and to trust in that process. Please just give it a, the fact that it just takes such a short period of time. You can, you can do this, just hold on and, and handle this because that time is going to pass whether you're eating this way or continuing down the same path you're on. So why not? just take that chance because I'm a hundred percent sure that it is going to work for you. A hundred percent sure. Two part final question. Uh, go back to Mary, May 17th, 2021. Uh, what did the future look like for you then? And how does that contrast with the future that you know that you have now? 
Wow, good question. Uh, I had honestly resigned to the fact that I was going to die. And I know that sounds pretty crazy, um, but I just didn't see a way out. Um, I had tried everything, you know, every kind of diet or uh, whatever. And um, I thought this is, even though I had the knowledge about what this kind of way of eating, I thought I can't do this. It's so extreme. It's so crazy. And I'm so miserable and I'm in so much pain. Uh, I really just believe that. And then um, now I would say that uh, I never really realized how much I wanted to live until I was convinced I was going to die. And I'm a very um, happy person in general, even despite all of these other things. But when you give uh, you know, somebody gives you a second chance and you learn how you can do this yourself. Nobody is fixing me with a pill or anything. I'm completely hopeful and empowered by what I can do myself. And yeah, that's, that is what I would say. There we go. Sorry about that. The coolest thing about all of this though, Mary is flash forward now. Um, 12 years. And it's been about 12 years since I began my health journey here. Um, the feeling that you have today never goes away. The gratitude only builds. And to this day, I talk about this all the time. Every morning I wake up and it's kind of like that pinch me. Like, is this really my body? Am I really this type of healthy individual now? I still so much identify with the 420 pound Chuck that the gratitude for the person who is waking up in the morning now to see those beautiful sunrises that you're talking about. It's just unbelievable. It's almost like never waking up from the best dream possible. So you're going to, you're going to really uh, love what the future holds for you. And I wish you nothing but the absolute best. And I do believe that your story is going to inspire a lot of people uh, who are listening, who are watching today, and hopefully members of your own family as well. You know, everybody's, everybody's watching. And uh, when you know, like we said, when those questions start to come that you've, you've kind of piqued their interest a little bit, what does she know that I don't? And then you share the knowledge, you kind of pay it forward. So you are a true inspiration. And Mary, I could not be any happier for you. Thank you so much, Chuck. I really appreciate it. And I thank you for what you do, because you're definitely a, a facet of the things I do. I listen to the exam room all the time. It is never too late. If you are 100, 200, 300, 400 pounds or more overweight and facing a mountain of medical problems, you're constantly sick and feeling sicker by the day and you're frustrated. You feel like you have no life and you are ready to die. Even in those darkest days, you can make changes and move toward a brighter future, the healthier future that you have always wanted. Don't give up on yourself. You know, Mary came within a whisker of throwing in the towel, giving up and just waiting for her number to be called. But then she used all of that anger and frustration and doubt. She channeled it and she turned that into motivation. And that's when she found the will to live. And just look at her now. Just look at her. There is so much of her story that I identify with. A lot of parallels there with her journey and mine to life 
this healthier guy who's 280 pounds lighter. People who have never been in that position can never fully grasp how exhausting it can be. And we're talking about just walking a few feet. Think about it like this. You know those five gallon water jugs that go on top of the cooler at the office? Maybe you have one of those at home. Well, most of those jugs weigh about 45 pounds. Now just think about walking around all day carrying just one of them wherever it is that you go. You'd probably get tired pretty quickly. Now, imagine someone who is severely overweight. In Mary's case, she's lost about a bottle and a half. And for me, at my heaviest, I had six of those burdensome beasts strapped to me at all times. The toll that all of that takes on your joints, on your muscles, on your heart, on your health, your everything, it is profound inside and out. You hurt and you feel like you can't breathe. And the thing of it is, all of that kind of creeps up on you. It builds little by little as your health slowly deteriorates until eventually you realize that your ability just to get around is almost non-existent. Oftentimes it kind of works like this, you know, there are little signs along the way that we tend to ignore. Things like needing to buy bigger clothes because your pants don't fit anymore. Or finding that going up a flight of stairs is a lot harder than it used to be. And then there are all of the prescriptions for high blood pressure, high cholesterol, all of that medication, maybe some for diabetes as well. You've been filling those prescriptions for many, many years. But it is only until after you have that great health awakening that you look back and you're able to see that you have been running through the red lights of health for years. You've been blowing right through them and now you are nearing a dead end. But I say nearing because as you heard from Mary today, you can always turn around and go back, go back in a healthier direction. And the funny thing is that even though it may have taken you years to reach this point, it shouldn't take you nearly as long to start feeling better. With some things, you may even begin to feel better almost immediately. We're talking within a day or so. And in Mary's case, she struggled for 30 years and then got her health all the way back in just three months. That is literally one one hundred twentieth of the amount of time. That is amazing. So the bottom line here is just go for it. Just go for it. Prove to yourself that you can do this. And there are plenty of programs ready to help you as well. Personally, I would start by making an appointment with one of our doctors or dietitians at the Barnard Medical Center who specialize in nutrition and preventative medicine. And you better believe that they have seen some pretty radical transformations with their own patients. And you don't even need to live in the Washington, D.C. area to meet with them because telemedicine visits are available for a large part of the country. You can schedule an appointment online right now at barnardmedical.org or call 202 527-7500.
then you can get a full list of states where services are available and even check out about insurance, which is accepted. So barnardmedical.org or call 202-527-7500. That number and a link to that website right now are in the episode notes. And also what you can do is download the 21 day kickstart app that can show you the ropes for the first three weeks of your healthier journey, show you what healthy eating really looks like and how food can make all of these incredible transformations possible. So you can be the next Mary. And there is a link to download that app right now in the episode notes, or just hop in the app store or on Google play. And you can also just reach out to me. If you want to talk, I am always happy to lend an ear. Send me a message. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Chuck Carroll WLC. You can find me on Facebook too. And there are links to all of those accounts right now in the episode notes as well. Now, I don't know about you, but I am all kinds of jazzed up. And I hope that you are too. I hope that you are ready to reconsider throwing in the towel. And maybe it's not you who's struggling. Maybe it's someone in your life who you love who is currently struggling. Please consider sharing this episode with them so that they too can know that it is never too late. And for today, that is going to wrap things up. I want to say thank you one more time to the incredible Mary Montekin for being here. And for everyone at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember, as always, keep it plant-based. <laughs>